Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Mystical Matchmaker. I am your host, Marla Martinson, matchmaker, dating coach, author, and healer. Happy 2019, everybody. I have to say that I am so excited for this year. It just has a clean, fresh, and sparkly feel to it. So I know that many of you have sat down and diligently created your New Year's resolutions. It's always a fun thing to do, right? Until about like six weeks into the new year, you realize that, shit, you forgot. You weren't going to eat chocolate chip cookies this year or that expensive gym membership isn't getting the attention you'd promised. So I find that paring down your goals to like a manageable three to five things works best for me. So I take a look at what's really priority and what I want to have ticked off by December 31st at the end of the year. And you know what's on a lot of people's list, writing a book. It seems like everybody I meet either is or wants to write a book. It's an exciting goal to have. I've written five books, uh, a short story and an ebook, and then I write for a travel site. I write articles and blogs, uh, and I still feel, still feel I'm not writing enough. And I wanted to be a writer since I was about in the third grade. I used to write short stories and poems. And I loved it. And I thought, I want to be a writer. I used to write letters to my favorite authors. And then as the years went by, it just kind of fell to the wayside as I took up dance and other hobbies. But it was always in the back of my head, niggling at me to write, write, write. I remember in my 20s, this was back in the 1980s, I had some fun ideas for books. But, you know, back then we only had typewriters, no computers. Uh, We didn't have Word docs. And it, I gave it a shot, tapping out the words onto the page. I you know, bought a typewriter, electric typewriter. I was messing up, dealing with that sticky whiteout, tearing the pages out of the machine, wadding them up and throwing them into the trash bucket, you know. And then about, I just gave up. But two, two decades later, I thought I'd give it a try again. But I thought, God, I don't even know where to correctly put the punctuation. I haven't studied English since high school. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, I found out that my friend, Brad Thor, had started writing. I never even knew he was interested in writing. We'd become friends in Chicago back when I was married to the French chef. And we were all really good friends hanging out. And um, Brad took off like crazy, becoming this New York Times bestselling author. He's so amazing. And I told him when we were talking one day on the phone, I said, you know, I told him about my fear of not knowing the punctuations and stuff. And he said, Marla, that's what editors are for. (laughs) Light bulb moment. I thought, well, if Brad can do it, why can't I? Now, I'm not on the level of Brad Thor. He's uber talented. He's just, you know, incredible. My genre is completely different. But 
he was a great example of, you know, when you have this friend that you don't even know is interested in writing and then they like skyrocket. It's like, well, he's a person, he's a human, you know, he did some, did it. So maybe I can, you know, at least try it. So I wrote two dating advice books and then went on to write three memoirs, Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, Hearts on the Line, and The Buddha Made Me Do It. And guess what? My guest today had a hand in making those books happen. She literally edited one of my books and was the inspiration for Diary and The Buddha Made Me Do It. And you might know my next guest, Julie McCarran, as my sidekick in The Buddha Made Me Do It if you've read it. So Julie McCarran has worked as a book editor at an entertainment publishing house in Beverly Hills before turning into a celebrity ghostwriter about 10 years ago. She's written three New York Times bestsellers and collaborated with many notable personalities, including Rick Springfield, Jason Priestley, Gene Simmons, and Larry King, to name just a few. Julie has also written books for a psychic, therapist, several actresses, a private investigator, a doctor, a cop, and a parenting expert. Julie is in high demand as an editor and ghostwriter. She always has fascinating stories to tell, and she's going to share some of the ins and outs of publishing with us today. So I'm going to just bring her right on. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Marla. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast finally because we've been talking about this for a while. We have, though. I guess it's the new year. (laughs) It is. It is. And so, um, you know, my, my, my podcast is pretty short. We pack a lot in in 30 minutes. So let's get right to it. And, sure. you know, I'm, I want you to tell, kind of uh, give a little overview on how the publishing business has changed for aspiring authors over the past decade. Because I remember when I first wrote my first book, I started it in about 2006. It came out in 2008. Back then you had to get an, you know, get an agent and uh, all yes. of that stuff. So what have you noticed that, you know, has changed and what is more challenging and what maybe is easier now? Well, that's a great question because, as you said, there's been a sea change since I started doing this. I always worked at, quote, traditional publishers, like the ones in New York and Los Angeles, where authors were given an advance, and um, they earn out their advance. And if if you earn out your advance, which is the amount the publisher pays you in advance for your book, um, then you will get royalties. Um, not most people didn't get royalties, but um, that was the whole idea. You were given an advance, and the idea was to try to get the highest possible advance. That's when you used to hear things about. We still do, like people get twenty million dollars, say, um, if you're an Obama or something like that. But um, that's how it worked, and you. It was very hard to get into the business unless you had an agent. It was very difficult mm-hmm. to get an agent. I used to work at a literary agency, a very good one, and I just remember bringing in the tubs of mail every day with probably 100 submissions, you know, and that's when people used to send in the papers, like, you know, yeah. the first 30 pages of their book. Just, I mean, and then carrying you the mail call alone. the slush pile, right? The slush pile. You call yes. it that? <laughs> exactly. It, it really was a slush pile. There really were two employees who um, had to do that. Everyone took their turn. Um, you know, going through the bucket, it was actual buckets, and pulling out the ones that possibly you know, had some interest. Game. Um, what changed, of course, was the internet and the rise of self-publishing. Um, now everyone can have a book, and 
a lot of people do. There's been some successes. I, I have found it just that I still, maybe it's because I started out that way. I still think traditional publishing is a good way to go. I appreciate that people are doing very well with their um, own self-published books. But really the point is some people who have a great story to tell, however you're going to get a book deal, you need some help. Even the greatest writers need some help. As you said, they need an editor. Some people just need an editor. Some people need, like, some, a real writer to help them. So I can do both. Right. Well, um, I remember about a decade ago, if if you were self-published, it's like, you know, it's embarrassing. It's like, oh, you had to self-publish yes. your book. It's, yeah, it was like, oh, my God, you know. And I was so thrilled that I had a traditional publishing deal for three of my books. Yes. And then I ended up, uh, the first two, Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting, and then Good Date, Bad Date, which you edited, and that's how we met through yeah. the publisher. Mm-hmm. I uh, They now they discontinued them because they weren't selling anymore, but I did get uh, an advance on both books, 5,000 for the first one, 6,000 for the second. And I, it was so, Mm -hmm. I, I, I was so, I mean, I mean, I'm a late bloomer. I I just, I learn as I go. It's like I fuck up so many times, but uh, excuse me, was doing pretty well. I was making royalties and then I just had to get so excited and do another book. And that second book did not do well, they picked this cover that I thought was terrible. They wouldn't let me have input on it and whatever. It just wasn't, didn't do well and it drugged down the other book. And then they gave me the rights back after, you know, a few years down the line. But yes. um, right. that was okay because I, I, it got me out there. It was fantastic. And then you and I, so you guys to tell the story, Julie and I were, were we were reading this a uh, book we like to read a lot, so we read Chick Lit, and there was this gal called Jen Lancaster who wrote Bitter as the New Black, and and we were talking mm-hmm. about it like she's just this regular gal who decided to write a book about her life that she's going through, getting a, losing her job, and et cetera, et cetera. And she goes, Marla, you should write a a memoir. Your your life's more interesting than Jen's. You're a matchmaker in Beverly Hills, and da da da. So she suggested it. And guess what? The next day, I started writing it. <laughs> yep. And it's a great book. And I love it. It's, it's, and it's, it's a so great clever. Book. And I had a little, I had a, and I had a small publishing deal with a new publisher, but then that didn't work out so well. I did get the rights back and re- republish it. So now I am self-publishing lately. So you know, now it's not looked down upon, um, you know, like it was. So well, there actually, are. Well, I want to ask you: Are those publishers where we originally met? Are they even still in business? Because that's another problem. So many places have right. Gone out so of many went out of business. They sold. They they did. They merged into another another company, and yes. then the next smaller one I think is still in business. But yeah, many of them have consolidated, right? And and yes. uh, there's but not as many. Book, honestly, it's basically like three huge conglomerates with all the publishers underneath them. Um, they're hardly separate anymore. I can't even keep up with who swallows who all the time and everyone jumping around from place to place. But yeah, it's, um, it, it's a whole now, ball game. Like your story is a perfect example. Yeah. And, and I will say that because my um, books, my memoirs, which are three have my story, my husband's in it, my mom's in it, you're in it. You know, there's, there, there's mm-hmm. Julie's in all, I think all three of you guys, she's, she's, cause she's one of my BFFs. <laughs> so she's in all my books, you know, cause they're memoir. They're, they, they read like a novel, but they're memoir. But I would say when you sell your book to a publisher, they own it. And so I had a problem with my first memoir where 
you know, it wasn't being handled the way I wanted. There was some possible movie deals that yes. the publisher wasn't accepting. It was getting all screwed up. And so I did get an attorney and get my rights back because it wasn't like it was just I could just write another a book, a novel or something. This is the characters um, in my life and me. So I, I wanted to own that. And so I found it at this point better to self-publish. If I do another reading a dice book, I, prob- I might try to find a, a, a traditional publisher, but the point is they own your book then. So can you speak to that about the downs of maybe a publisher owning it? I mean, you know. Well, you make a very good point. Um, they, they own you for life, and, yes, they can put whatever cover they want on, and um, they, they can edit it the way they choose or certainly really – urge you to go a certain way or not, or cut things, or they, they have a tremendous amount of control. Um, I, I can't say that, I mean, everyone has some sort of complaint about their publisher, even the ones who do very well, um, that they didn't mm-hmm. listen to them about this. They didn't promote it enough is a big one. Um, all kinds of stuff. You, you give up a lot of control in return for, hopefully, some money, and, you know, to get a book and some exposure and all that. Um, Usually having a book is worth it because it is so great to have a book. Doing it yourself, publishing, I mean, it's gotten so professional now. Um, You can have a beautiful book that looks just as good with, you know, people who were book editors and book designers at regular publishers, they they do this for a living now. I mean, it's indistinguishable. You can get just the same amount of help as, quote, traditional authors get um, and retain all your rights. For someone like you, that would be great. I mean, because you have, like, TV interests and stuff down the line or possibly even movie interests. Yeah, I mean, you would that would be great for you to own everything instead of handing the vast, vast majority of your money over to a publisher. Mm-hmm. And, and also I want to mention that so many people put out books, but I and some of them I read on Amazon. I'll get it on Kindle, some of these cozies or different books and and the mm-hmm. the editing is there's it's like they didn't hire an editor i mean it's so bad some of some of the you know writing yeah. the punctuation the grammar and so it is so important i had a great editor her name's peggy lang and she um did mm-hmm. the editing on my three memoir and and you yeah. know you've got to pay um usually thousands of dollars some good editing unless you are you know a fabulous writer with an English degree or something, you know, you know what you're doing, but even the best writers, don't they? All the authors have, have a, have an editor. They, they do. And I just can't stress it enough. I mean, I think that's the step a lot of self-published authors skip. And that is what gives self-publishing a bad name. Um, I have tried a lot of Kindle books, you know, for 99 cents because I want to, you know, I want to keep up with what's out there and, I don't care mm-hmm. if it's self-published or not. You know, some are really good. Um, I'm going to try it. Right. But so many have been a terrible disappointment because you can barely get through it. Um, it it's just simply not edited at all. I mean, there are misspellings. Um, it doesn't make sense. You you can't get more than a few pages in before you just realize how sloppy it is. And that is one thing to be said for traditional publishing. Your your book is going to be looked at many, many times. You will have an editor is really trying to help mm-hmm. you make it the best it can possibly be. That's why when you buy a book and it says Random House or HarperCollins at the front, there's a certain standard. I mean, you may not like yeah. the book, you know, be your type yeah. of book, but, but it is well done for, you know, there, there aren't misspellings. It makes sense, stuff like that. 
Um, that's yeah. a standard everyone should meet, and there isn't any excuse for it um, these days. It's too easy to, to find the right help, and this is your book. This is your ambassador to the world. You want it to be right. Um, right. I can't yeah. imagine why people don't put a little more care and effort into it. If you don't want to invest in it, um, then do what they really used to do, the vanity press. P- rent it privately yourself mm-hmm. for your family and be done with it. Don't throw it out in the wall. Right. You know, yeah, just for like the family. That. Exactly. Or just say, exactly. get a side hustle and work and put aside a few grand, you know, to take you a year to make to Absolutely. do it. And then hire a professional. I've always hired somebody, a great gal, to uh, do my book covers as well. Um, right. So, and they turned out wonderfully. Book. Yours are so cute. Yeah. I remember. I think, yeah. I think so. Now, talk a little bit about, you know, platform because I know that um, you had said, you know, about promoting, but typically uh, a uh, professional publishing house, they only give you three months. I don't know if it's still the case, but when I was with them, they they give you a PR person from their uh, publishing house for three months to book you on shows and give you publicity, and then that's it. So you've got three months mm-hmm. to get out there, and then you've got to continue it on your own, of course. But now they won't even take you if you don't have a big platform of, of uh, social media and stuff, right? What, what's, what's, uh, what's the rules there now? Exactly right. Um, another huge sea change. Um, one that uh, I don't, I'm not crazy about this one either, but that's the new thing. Um, like everything else, social media has taken it over. And um, that is certainly a huge thing publishers look at now when you're looking for a book deal. Uh, now I'm talking about nonfiction, of course, like memoirs stories or mm-hmm. how-to or prescriptive sort of books, um, not novels so much. Yeah, oh, although so a novel, that it too. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about well, the, pro- the platforms because they're not going to be. It, it does matter. Of course, it will always matter, but it matters a little less. Um, okay. The, the quality of the writing and that person as an author personally it is a little more important, I think, in novels. Mm-hmm. Um, the platform is really key in a business book or a parenting book or a memoir. Um, mm-hmm. You're going for a right. certain base, and it has to be built up. Right. Um, I have not, you know, I do a lot of book proposals, which is still the way people get traditional book deals. You do, like, a business plan for your book. It's about 50 pages, and it's very elaborate. It has um, a marketing plan. It has an overview. It has sample chapters, mm-hmm. a table of contents, all this stuff. And that's what agents shop to editors at publishing houses. Um, and the, the most important pages, I'm told, are always the marketing ones. People flip to that immediately mm-hmm. to see what kind of platform you have. And um, mm-hmm. you better have Instagram followers. And, gosh, I don't know, like lots of Facebook. YouTube, Twitter, stuff. yeah, Facebook. Yes, mm-hmm. all that, all that. It's really important. Um, I I'm not a hundred percent sold that Twitter followers or Instagram followers equal book sales, but I am very much in right. the minority on that. Um, that is what people are looking for, and it's not just writing, as you know. Like I have friends who are actors, you probably do too, and it right. comes down to your presence these days. Yeah, so so start if you want to do a book, if, especially if it's a, a nonfiction book, a how-to, if you're you know a coach or or whatever, start building your platform. If you don't have one, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, get start yes. getting more friends following you, write a blog, do whatever you can, start seeking. Yes, um, those whatever, are great because you're gonna. 
yeah, you're going to want to want to show uh, what you're doing and that you're out there and people are watching and listening to you. So, um, you know, if you have a podcast with tons and tons of listeners, you know, they know you're going to be able to talk about it on your book, on your, you know, about your book on the podcast, et cetera. So, um, yeah. Well, editors are all, and agents are always looking too, Marla. You know that. It's like if you have a really great podcast, somebody will sooner or later come along and ask you if you thought about doing a book. I mean, you reach oh, a certain yes. level. Yes, they are. And they're I mean, looking that's at just the YouTube. Like, that's how, yeah. like, uh, sure. Journey, when they were looking for a new lead singer, they were looking on YouTube and they found their lead singer. Justin Bieber was found on YouTube. So, whatever, different. Yes. I, I've been found to, I've been found. Uh, from Google searches by casting directors that are looking for um, the reality shows, yeah, you know, right. matchmakers for reality shows. And I can't yeah. tell you how many that I've, I've auditioned for or even had been in contract with attorney to be on. And then, but it's, you know, you can't get discouraged because I've been so close. They're like, yes, do my show. And I have my attorney and the contract. And then I sign it. And then guess what? I never, they disappear like off the face of the earth, never to be heard from again. Yeah. So it's just right. like a fickle industry too. You might, not, you know, so Very you much. take it with a grain of salt and you just keep creating and you just keep doing what you love and that, that's it. But people will also find you because they'll Google what you're doing and they possibly contact mm-hmm. you. Yes, but if I could also say that the flip side of that is that if you want to write a book and you have no platform at all, but you have some great advice or a great story mm-hmm. or whatever, then you should, if you can't even, if you can't get yourself or you don't even want to try for whatever reason, or you have tried and it didn't work, absolutely, you should publish your own book. There are many success stories we hear them every day about people who, um, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey, do I need to say more? She, you know, self-published her book. It was one of the biggest books ever. Um, right. So right. it shouldn't stop you if you don't have a platform. Ideally, yes, you keep working on it, but, but that's for everyone in business these days, wouldn't you say? I mean, not just authors. That's yeah. just the reality of yeah, life. Yeah, you gotta so. do what you gotta do what you love. Don't let it um, stop you just because you're not going to be yes. famous. Even I, actors, I maybe there's there. actors. Yeah, maybe there's actors doing community theater, but they're acting, you know, or, or painting. You're not, you know, like Van Gogh, but you're like, you know, you're doing your. your well, they might art, have great you know, advice so. about. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah. Um, many many people have good stories to tell or good advice to give. Um, I mean, come on, a lot of people who write great books, they, they're they not, quote, experts in a certain way, but they, they give good advice, like Jensen Farrelly's Badass book. They're they're really good. Um, she has a lot of great oh, advice. Oh, I love her books. Yes, I have heard books, Jensen Farrelly. Yes. Well, right. um, what mean, about these, there's these books that I, I, am, I did it, I fell into that trap. There's these books that, Someone puts together a thought leader in the industry, and they say, be, be a best-selling author, be in our book. And then they have, like, 30 people pay, like, you know, anywhere from two to five grand. And then they have somebody write your chapter for you, or you send in a chapter and they edit it, and then you're in this book. But you're not, they're not, you know, then you have to buy a bunch of the books, and then they're sitting in your garage, and you have to try to sell them. Um, if they're on Amazon, that's, the people that put it together, that's their copies that they get. You don't get anything. And I just think it's, I just hate those books. I think they're a big scam. And um, somebody I know, they did it. she was so sure. Yeah, she said, oh, I'm, so, I'm going to be a best-selling author. It's going to help in my business. I said, no, you're not. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to buy it. And she's got, you know, a thousand books in her garage, hasn't sold one copy. 
And I just, it's not, you know, that's like thinking that the easy way out. And then to say you're a best-selling author when you didn't do anything, you just paid to have a chapter written for you in this book so that those people can make um, money. It's a business thing for them. So anyway, that, I'm kind of harsh on that, but be careful of those. No, no. Um, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, that's funny. A friend of mine, another ghostwriter in New York, and I were just talking this morning before I talked talk to you about the, the scams out there. I mean, that's the downside of self-publishing, too. Um, at least with traditional publishers, <laughs> things could go wrong, but you got your checks, and you got your books. I mean, there's so many scams out there um, because people really are desperate. People are asking for ridiculous amounts of money and assuring you you're going to be a New York Times bestselling author or that you're going to be in a book with all these New York Times bestselling authors and you're going to sell all these books. That That's just pie in the sky. I mean, you need right. to find people who can tell you, you need to talk to authors who've worked with the people you want to work with and really hear about their experience. Um, right. Yeah, that's a shame about what you're saying. That makes me very angry. It's it's too bad for everybody, but you know, this and these are out and these are respected people. people. And, yeah, and these are respected people in the in the yes, industry. You know, I know many industry that do this. But it's just a business uh, for them. You know, it's a business. They don't. So anyway, I, well, and they want um, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, this is a money making opportunity. They've reached a point right. where I guess they're willing to trade their name for a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see why they need to do that at this point. They they have plenty of money, it seems to me. But look, right. that, that's not for us to decide. The the point is, right. find some scrupulous people to help you. I mean, I'm prejudiced, of course, but I feel like book people are good people, most of them. Um, I yeah. I really want to help everyone have their book, however they want it. I'm happy to talk to people. I, I do it all the time. You know, not that I can tell them everything, but I, sure, I would steer them the right direction for what I think they need. Um, you don't need to get ripped off doing this. Um, the people who right. are really good at their jobs, are you're paying for a real service that you need, um, an editor, a publicist, a book designer. Um, that is completely different from what you're talking about. That That is just a complete yes. ripoff. Now, Julie, um, I know you do take, you know, uh, average people, but you know, who who can afford you? You're not you're not inexpensive, uh-huh. but you're excellent. So, can people? Do you have some contacts? I know because you guys, Julie doesn't even have a website because she's so well known already. Well, that it's just word, word of mouth. But but is there some contact info you want to give in case somebody um, does want to get a, a book proposal or some help? Well, sure, of course. Or just talk about it. Sure. I, I, Yes, Marla, I'm, as you know, because you've been encouraging me, this is the year my website will go up. But honestly, I feel like I'm a behind-the-scenes person. Um, I, I hate to put up a bunch of stuff about what I've done. It, it doesn't suit me, but but that's that's not the business part of me talking. Uh, that's just the book level right. part. You know, if anyone wants to talk to me, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. It's Julie McCarran. Um, it says Celebrity Ghostwriter under it. Or anyone can just email me if they want. It's new Mill Julie. N-E-W-M-I-L-L-J-U-L-I-E at AOL.com. You can see I'm still okay. back in the day. Her um, email in the show notes, you guys. And uh, so, Julie, thank you so much for stopping by. I can't believe see how fast this goes. We had such a great conversation. Wow. And um, that was so fast. 
Good luck, you guys. Happy 2019, and uh, get started on your book. We want to read it. Thanks for stopping by, Julie, and much love, everyone. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Bye.